Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, September 13th. Wow. Tuesday the 13th. That's close. <laughs> it feels like a fake one, you know, we can be excited about yeah. it, even though it's not close to the actual thing. And we will be chatting about movies that we have screening a full slate the week of Friday, September 16th. It is my favorite weather outside, 100% gloom. Yeah, weirdly kind of muggy, but with impending rain, doom. I don't know, but it's nice. Like it's, I will say it's not too sunny, like, you know, so that's nice, but it's also just uncomfortable like a little bit. I like it when it's 100% gloom and I don't got to spray tan on my uh, sunblock. Yeah. No, but then the sun bad. comes out and you're like, oh no, hide. Yeah. And then I still got screwed over by the bus anyways. There's a lot more cancellations lately, which is sort of a known thing, but at the same time you keep hoping it won't be your bus and then it is. So Not to get on the uh, how horrible OC Transpo is and going to sue us all for slander bandwagon. I noticed because I watch a few of the talk shows like Colbert, mm-hmm. I just watch it on the app for the channel. So you get a couple commercials and I always just mute it and do some other work for a minute. But they're really pushing the glories of OZ Transpo at the moment. Oh. And it's all people having fun and what? getting on the bus and nothing goes wrong with the train oh and God. everything's glorious. Where if anybody knows anything about the news in Ottawa the last, I don't know what, couple years... Every single thing that could have gone wrong has gone wrong with our public transportation. Yeah, and not to you or I, so it seems like it's fine. But (laughs) to other people who actually use it daily, like, I mean, yeah, you know, a bus getting canceled is whatever. Like, that's not, I could deal with that because it's not winter. If it was winter, I'd be a little more heated about it. Although not, I'd be freezing. But the (laughs) point is, mostly been fine. But yeah, people having to count on the LRT. Pretty glad that we paid a bit more for our house to be closer to downtown just for that such a thing, you know, because I was so worried about if we were in, I don't know, Canada or Orleans or whatever, and you're counting on one weird bus. I was a little worried about that, that I'd be waiting for an hour plus for one specific thing just to get there. And then you're trying to get back and then it's dark. Oh my God. Getting home. Like if you have to bus home in the winter, at even like 4.30, it's like pitch oh, black. Yeah. I remember busing home from here, from the Mayfair. Most of my friends lived around here. I lived out by San Laurent Shopping Center. So not the other side of the world or anything. But when you're coming home from the Mayfair at midnight and it's minus 30 outside and you're hoping a bus is coming and boy, oh boy, does time just stop. Like you're just standing out there hoping you're not going to die. I don't even like looking at the bus schedule because then it feels like maybe it'll be sooner. I'm always nervous to check and say, yeah, maybe it'll say two minutes, but maybe it'll say 30 minutes. If I could just dodge that, if you're at cinema and there's... 10 minutes left or actually I mean you didn't really know how much is left but you know when the last bus is and you're looking at the clock and you're looking you're like oh man I really hope I you don't have to run out 10 minutes left in a movie which has definitely happened well I got on a bus for the first time in a long time it's the first time I'd used my bus card since 2019 because all this information's on the internet it tells you everything that you've done Mm -hmm. went out to the EY center to basically visit a bunch of friends at Ottawa comic-con One of my pals got me a pass so I could sneak in because I don't want to pay 50 bucks to get into a convention for a day. And then I'm just sitting around Artist Alley chatting with my pals. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of walking around, but all I bought was one $5 random soldier Star Wars action figure. Uh, Not a Richie Rich Digest or something. No, I looked. It's good for them, but it was a lot of high-end items. And I'm always fascinated when I see somebody walking out of there with a Falcon Captain America shield. In a box, but like real, made of metal, (laughs) probably worth, I don't know, $500, $600. 
or somebody walking out with two giant Comic-Con branded Walmart size bags just filled. Man. And it's no different than, I don't know, somebody goes to Vegas and spends a lot of money or somebody goes to Disney or goes to a sporting event and spends a lot of money. But I don't know. I heard it did really well. And I was kind of surprised because walking down Artist Alley, it was funny because my friends, it was like in a mask, in a mask, in a mask. And I can't even guess the ratio, but it was lower than I thought. Much lower. Maybe 10% of people in masks. Maybe a little more. That was the biggest crowd I've been in in a long time. And it was not shoulder to shoulder. Like, I felt okay. Mm -hmm. But then I know the same day there was a football game at Lansdowne. Yeah. So these big events are happening. And we're starting to get back into doing events. I admit, I'm not a pessimist. But there is a little voice in my head going, (laughs) Oh, we're all going to be back in lockdown in three weeks. But I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. And my buddy was there, I think, all three days. He said, like, Friday, the first four hours was like a write-off because just people got there a bit later. But I I think because it's when it's a three-day event, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just go Saturday. Exactly. Or I'll maybe go late Friday. So for the artists who basically have to be there all three days, I can imagine it could be a bit of a slog at times. But he he had a lot of fun. And, like, he said, I don't know why this is the first thing I thought of, but I was like, what was the craziest costume you saw? And he said he saw someone had basically, like, NPC character from one of the Zelda games who and I know basically nothing about this maybe right. you will but I guess like a shopkeep who has a giant backpack giant giant backpack huge so this guy went through all this trouble to make this character and it's so obscure that I mean it would have meant nothing to me yeah but I was like so wait so he went around through crowds with an enormous because the way he described it was like six feet by six feet like this backpack on the guy's back yeah and you're just going through a crowd and I'm like I respect that, but I would not have the guts to do that. (laughs) I love that bizarre nerd stubbornness and talent to make that costume. But yeah, if you're dressed as fill in the blank, anybody in a normal costume. Well, God, I was going to say Deadpool, but even that, you got to be in a full mask all day. Yeah. If you're dressed as Tom Baker, Doctor Who, uh, you got a trench coat and a hat and a scarf on. That's not too bad. But then you see somebody dressed as Chewbacca or a Dalek, and you're like, wow, you're really committing to this for a long time. Man, or like the RoboCop 2 robot with the guns. And 209. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. That's the kind of thing where I'm like, that is amazing that you were able to do that, and it probably took you a year for all I know. But for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm Harry Potter with the glasses and a scarf or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really trying hard. I saw a guy a few years back in a, I don't know if it was purposefully made to look DIY or that's just the best he did or DIY DIY I mean, D- I like yours better I was like that sounds more fun to me do, do yourself, yourself is <laughs> I, have, I don't know he's confused he was in an Optimus Prime cardboard costume made out of a couple of boxes from a washer dryer set or a fridge or something <laughs> but it could transform so oh, wow. when he got on his knees, he turned into a truck. And then when we stood up, he was a cardboard optimus. And it was so amazing. And I hope that was just the best he could do because I was just like, good for you. Cardboard optimist sounds like a good character too. <laughs> but that couldn't have lasted. Like if he wore that for three days, by day three, <laughs> it would be in shambles. Yeah, like he's just like, you're just like overheating. You lose a piece every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was great to see some con friends who I have not seen because when you're in rotation, there's people who I consider friends, mm-hmm. but we don't hang out because I see them in montreal or out east or in ottawa 
even years back, people I've bumped into at San Diego or New York who I still keep in touch with. So one guy I know, he's an artist for Archie Comics, and we were going to go out on Sunday night. And I sent him a message on Sunday morning, afternoon saying, uh, keep me posted, but if you're con exhausted after the three days, totally understandable. He texted me back at 11 or 1130 at night. And he said, this is going to sound like the worst excuse, but I got back to my hotel from the con at 6 p.m. And I lay down for a second and I just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't seem like it's draining, but just sitting at a table for three days and you got to be a salesperson. Like you're, mm. you're selling your wares, you're instigating conversation. You might have to do some interviews. He's an artist, so I bet you he was drawing all weekend, drawing sketches for people mm. and stuff like that. It's not digging ditches, but it's draining. And I know from doing it that sometimes by that Sunday night, you're like, wow, I feel like I've really worked and I've sold 17 books, which is okay, but I've made less than minimum wage this weekend. Yeah, and after the fifth person who's like, oh, can you draw me and Archie in a spacecraft or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. They must get just some random stuff. And I wonder like, if there's a limit or a line. Like, like Archie's Archie. Like, it's a yeah. huge character. So it's like, I can imagine possibly they might be like, okay, I'm not going to draw you with Archie having a picnic on the moon. I, I don't know. Well, I won't get into too many details because it gets grim. <laughs> oh, God. But... On Saturday night, we spent a lot of our time sitting on the patio talking about the worst case scenario of somebody coming up and asking for a sketch. Okay. And I will preface this with, I love nerd culture, and I've seen the best of times. Like, I've told stories about, there was one time where I witnessed a couple of anime kids, two 12-year-old girls, meet, instigate a small conversation, and then go, hey, are you going to this panel? Yeah, let's go together. So you witness that friendship. And that's what I really like about Comic-Cons is at its best, you can interact and make friends and make business contacts and do all kinds of cool stuff. But at its worst, it's somebody walking up and asking for a X-rated drawing of a cartoon. See, I think we all thought that might be where you were going with this. And seemingly not having any idea that that's inappropriate. Yeah. And then I get fascinated... I want to know what this person's apartment looks like. Do they work at McDonald's? What do they do? Because I would never have the guts to walk up to somebody and ask for an inappropriate drawing of one of the ex-women. Yeah, and not at a con especially. Yeah, where there's kids walking by and stuff. So there's that. Yeah. (laughs) But then the best of it, what I really like, especially the guy I know, his name's Dan Parent, and he's a big shot Archie artist. And what he does for a pretty reasonable price is he'll draw you as an Archie character. Mm -hmm. And I've bought that as a gift for one of my Archie reading pals. And she loved it. She thought it was super cool. And basically you just, nowadays, you just find a picture of your friend on the phone or text it over to him. Mm -hmm. And then he'll draw Archie style you. Oh my God, that's amazing for my niece, actually. That'd be a good guy. Go to his website. He can do it. You just like won me (laughs) over with this thing. I'll I'll mention Josh and maybe he'll put you in the picture too. I was like, wait, why is Josh with my niece? Like that doesn't make sense. Little specificities. Like I know for bands, he's done album covers. And it's funny because it is his style but it's the Archie style. Mm -hmm. So I think he gets away with just doing it and Archie doesn't sue him for doing... Wait, Archie's a real guy? Yeah, Mr. Archie, (laughs) who runs Archie Comics. Dan, (laughs) you're doing it again. But getting an Archie reading person, their likeness done in a little headshot that they could frame and put on the wall, or for a couple, for a wedding gift, something like that. I bet you over the three days, Dan is sitting there (laughs) doing 
Just hundreds? I don't know. Hundreds? <laughs> 10 a day? 20 a day? Oh, man. Sometimes you'll be sitting there actually working. You'll see that multitask for artists where they're sitting there working on a comic yeah. as they chat with somebody. Yeah, so I only went for the day because I was actually busy here, but it is nice to see that coming back. I admit I was wearing my mask the whole time. Yeah. But what I do like people being very respectful about that as it's nerds, right? So I didn't get anybody looking at me and rolling their eyes and being like, oh, so wearing your mask still. Nah. There must have been some cool costumes that integrated the mask, though, I would imagine. That's what I always thought. If I was a cosplay person, I would be dressing up like a G.I. Joe Cobra soldier. Yeah. Or, or Sub-Zero or something. Exactly. Yeah. Optimus Prime. Yeah. Anything with that little mask on your face, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I didn't notice any of that specifically, but there must have been. That would have been smarter. Like, yeah, I'm mainly thinking of, I guess, Mortal Kombat characters. Like, Katana, I think, had a mask. I don't know. Scorpion. These are yeah. all great. I mean, now <laughs> the con's over, so it's a little too late, but that would have been a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Just to switch subjects, just while it's on my mind, because if not, I'm going to forget about this. Evidently, last week's podcast didn't go up on Apple. Yeah, which and... is hilarious because it was Emily's <laughs> podcast, and so yeah. she's—I'm sure all her Apple fan family was uh, really excited for that. So I just found out today because a friend who listens via that was teasing me about it. But I don't know how this works. We just make a podcast, and you put it on a thing, and then it goes out to all the things. So I investigated briefly, and I cut and pasted over a little quote that said something like, "We realize that." There are numerous podcasts that have not been loaded to the Apple app, mm -hmm. and we are aware of this, etc. So I have a feeling it's just going to magically show up. I don't know what else to do yeah. because it showed up everywhere else. It's on Google. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Stitcher. So all the other ones got it. Yeah, but according to Apple, it's still the Nick episode. I guess <laughs> yeah. the newest one, I guess. So I am going to investigate a little bit after this, but I do have a feeling by the time I post this, it will probably have magically fixed itself. I don't know. I don't know why we wouldn't have been loaded there, especially when every other one was. We didn't do anything differently. That's really weird. And I don't think it's being censored because I don't think we went off on a <laughs> rant or swore a lot on the episode or anything. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, and we listened to it in the car to somewhere. I can't even remember where we... Oh, uh, her sister's place, yeah. And so I was. we listened to her on the thing and she's terrified. And <laughs> but I'm like, nothing bad happens. Nothing bad ever happens. And you always no. think it's going to be terrible and it's fine. And, and she sounds so professional. And she has a voice for radio. Yeah, like that's what my friends at work were listening to and they were like surprised. They were like, yeah, it sounds like... Or I don't know if she's been doing it a while or whatever i don't know how they said it but you know and like many a shy person what made me laugh was before we rolled she and i were having a conversation that would have been podcast worthy mm -hmm. and then after we finished she started up a conversation of oh how's it going haven't seen you in a while and my brain's like dude you could have said all this on the podcast <laughs> yeah it's a lot you know but still, and it, when you're trying to kind of integrate somebody when you have a guest and like so for me yeah. i'm like you try to fill in the gaps but then also leave gaps but then also not force gaps you know it's all gap related stuff and i don't want to ruin the movie magic at all but there was some editing involved that took <laughs> away some gaps that's all i'm saying well you know and i always assume that you know or you're gonna stitch together words to make new sentences you know <laughs> yeah those are good oh yeah also before i forget too i feel like i guess we got to shout out jean-luc godard who just passed away today i didn't even hear that yet yeah he's he was 91 and i don't want to do one of those kind of thought he was dead a while ago but yeah anyway so i guess we are a cinema podcast at its core so we probably should shout wow. that out 
So that's the first I've heard of it because yeah. I was busy doing other things. But I am sure we will show something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even think of that part. It was like he's easily our top two Jean-Luc favorite. You know, yeah. like, you know, is he number one or is Picard number one? I don't know. But we they're did both great. screen his latest film. God, COVID's a blur. His I think final it was, film. I think it was during COVID times in between. I think oh, we yeah. screened his latest one. It was the audible premiere even because it was a big deal because it was like the latest from master filmmaker. I forgot about that. The last from him. Or well, I guess maybe he could have been filming something. I don't know. I thought he was dead. And we played his movie. I am not good at this. You're the worst host. But yeah, I'm sure in upcoming weeks you will hear us say a tribute screening because this is what people, when we went over to the weekly schedule, the biggest thing against it was people were like, oh, I love putting a monthly calendar on my fridge. Mm -hmm. The best thing about weekly schedule programming is that we can hold over a movie when it does really well, Mm -hmm. at the last minute be offered something and shove it into the schedule, or when something sad happens like this, we don't have to wait. Because those old Mayfair schedules, they weren't a month. They were like seven or eight weeks. Yeah. So imagine if this happened just as we programmed a schedule and it was just out. That would mean we'd have to wait until December to have a tribute. Whereas now, I know our October is already kind of packed, but Mm -hmm. I won't be surprised if either the next podcast or the one after that, there will be a a Jean-Luc Godard tribute on there. And yeah, it is nice to be able to do something like that. Or even something like, you know, fingers crossed stuff where you're like, oh, hey, uh, Netflix, Glass Onion wouldn't do well at a multiplex. Better give it to us. That's all I'm thinking about. I just really want, as a group, for us to all be able to watch that movie and i think we should like in the last little while i can't think of the last one we had but over the last number of years Mm -hmm. whether it be uncut gems or the irishman we've played a number of netflix movies yeah that one i I don't want to jinx it i do think we'll get it but at the same time you know it's it's a bit almost funny in a cruel way the amount of good stuff we're not being allowed to show like with the weird al and prey and hellraiser you know like all this stuff that you're like you know there's an audience for it and you know it would have done well here or lots of places probably but here for sure and you're just like ah why i know streamers unlike big screen box office are really secretive and there's all these other places that are claiming numbers but from what i've heard a lot of it is guesswork yeah 85 million views for 18 percent of stranger things and they're like (laughs) yeah that might be right i don't know and that's not even full episodes i don't think because some of those it's just like you could watch for five minutes and they're counting that i think yeah and that's why they do the thing of if you fall asleep at the wheel you can unprogram this, but you're watching Stranger Things. It'll just go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because even if you're asleep, they're like, aha, that still counts as a view. Yeah, I always wondered that with podcasts. If I play the first few seconds of one of ours on SoundCloud, is that a listen? Or do you have to hear at least 10 minutes yeah, or something? I think it counts. I think if they're really looking at it, they know the numbers where they're like, this many people listen to the whole thing. And this mm-hmm. many people listen to half. And this many people listen to two minutes and then tuned out. So yeah. Big Brother is watching you for all this yeah. stuff. Hopefully nobody listened to Two Minutes and Tuned Out. I don't know. We don't always come in strong <laughs> at the game, but I mean, hopefully I'm curious it's how, from what I understand, Prey has garnered enough eyeballs towards it to instigate Prey 2. It seems like that's kind of what, what they're going for. So, I mean, and, and they kind of teased it at the end of the movie, sort of. Yeah. So, and, well, and actually, I felt the same way about the new Texas Chainsaw, which, like, I really liked, and some people didn't like. That's one of those things where I'm like, the last bunch have sucked, so yeah, I don't yeah. know what scale you're looking at this at. Like people are like, "Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen." I'm like, "Okay, it's 
it's literally better than 90% of, well, I don't know, maybe 90%, but, you know, 75% of that franchise. Anyway, but the point of it is, we didn't get the option to watch that with yeah. an audience, you know? And, and it's I, always I funny think... when someone's a big fan of a horror franchise, yeah. especially, whether it be Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or Chucky, and they're really mad at the latest incarnation. <laughs> you always got to go, look, I love all those as much as the next nerd. Yeah. But... It's not like every single Chucky movie up to this point was 10 out of 10. Yeah. So you got to give the remake a little bit of slack because it's not like the franchise has won 24 Oscars up to this point. Yeah, and I'm not super attached to the original trilogy, to be honest. Not that I don't like them, but just I could take or leave. They're fine, but I, I definitely prefer like the newest version like even the tv show or the remake yeah i I don't know i'm me obviously it's not because everything's got to be new you know i I watched more old stuff than new stuff but those early ones like i I like not having that gatekeeper attachment to them yeah because i can still the same with hellraiser the first two are amazing and undeniably the best quote unquote but i love three and four and uh, you know i liked the new one and judgment too i mean like they're it's a different scale like i'm not gonna look at hellraiser nine compared to one or two like especially hellraiser I'm pretty sure I've seen them all, but there's so many. And I remember the backhanded compliment of watching a couple of the... Because they were right in the trenches of the straight-to-video sequels. And I remember watching a couple of them even and being like, Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not the worst. And I mean, those, especially that era, because a lot of those were like late 90s, early 2000s-ish, you know, especially the style. You're like, okay, well, they've got Lance Hendrickson's. That's a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they just were a product of that time as well. There was a lot of that. It makes me think of like uh, Dracula 1999 or whatever, and Dracula 2000 and all that, you know. These aren't good, but they're yeah, a product of that time. American Psycho 2, you know, that no one even knows about. <laughs> and I like that pinhead is a lady now because Mm. i really do just like anything that angers incel nerds and it's interesting to see the discussion about that because there actually is a huge faction who are like no 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 the original book was not clear on gender and whatnot and so it's funny because any other franchise if they did that it's just gonna all go pretty much one way apart from people like you and I were just like, shut <laughs> yeah. up, and if it's a good movie, who cares? But it's, it was very interesting to read because the gatekeepers of the original story are now battling the gatekeepers of male pinhead in the <laughs> movies. And it's so fascinating to see because normally, but yeah, it would be one way or the other. And now it's just sort of like fascinating to be this third faction who's just like, I don't even care. I just want a good movie. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I don't care what it is. Well, and I you laugh at any time somebody gets mad about Clive Barker or Neil Gaiman being woke and you're like did you read any of these (laughs) like yeah do you know who these people are yeah no and especially like it's such a huge universe i mean our universe too but the hellraiser universe yeah and to think they haven't really had i guess since i mean because the fourth one just kind of got neutered as well and that and it was like that's all she wrote after that so i mean it really hasn't been they maybe never had this much freedom actually to to, to do what they kind of want to do in that universe and it seems like if i went in and watched Fast and Furious 10 and was like, oh, why is there so many cars in this movie? Are there still cars in this movie? So woke to put so many cars in this movie. Yeah, it's unbelievable, you know? And, and then, I mean, Transformers, they're turning into cars. <laughs> yeah. now. I can't even... They might as well do a crossover between that at this point. I would not be surprised. It's a lot. But speaking of Hellraiser, you know, just as a side note, I want to say two podcasts, maybe even three podcasts ago, where you were like, oh, yeah, we've already booked our first uh, musical guest screening thingy. 
and then it ended up being Goblin. Oh like, yeah, I was just like the, just the humble brag of just being like, oh yeah, no, we got something. Don't worry about it, kind of thing. And then we kind of forgot to talk about the last time just because Emily was here and it got you know off topic. I know that's still a ways away, but just oh my yeah. god. And now there's been three, I guess, the musical. Yeah, and we will talk about this as we approach. But now we have three different bands coming in within three weeks. Yeah, I think. The, two of them are two back weeks. to back. Two I weeks, think, yeah. Too like that's going to be insane. And then one of those bands is for sure coming back next year with a couple of other events. Awesome. And and yeah, and we are starting to roll back out. So this will be a good segue. Let's start talking about the movies that we are screening the week of Friday, September 16th. Let's go backwards and talk about the event type movies we have. We have two late, late shows this week. On Friday, September 16th, we have The Grand Return of the Room. Oh boy. With its... 128 month at the Mayfair. A friend of mine was like, you guys should get a gimme on this. Like, you should just be able to still say consecutive because the only reason we haven't played it is because up until now, you know, there's hesitation about gatherings and screaming and throwing spoons and interaction and touching each other and whatever. (laughs) So the room is back after a long absence. The room actually played the night before closing down. Hmm round one of covid in march 2020 Jeez. so we closed the 15th and the room played the 14th so it would have been a sunday that we closed then correct okay. yeah it was that a sunday sense. afternoon yeah. yeah it's been the most requested thing <laughs> and i'm always just kind of have to sigh and be like people covid that's why we're not playing it yeah it should be kind of obvious too yeah. and i've had friends who have been hassling me about it too i'm like it's gonna come back we like to make money like yeah. it's not that we don't want <laughs> the money but it's just use your head you know and like same with saturday morning cartoons and food and people and 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 rocky horror obviously like it's like these three events where i'm just like do i really need to paint you a picture (laughs) as to why this has been some hesitation on our part yeah and next year i only got reminded about this while putting this information online for the room on twitter and instagram and stuff next year is its 20th anniversary oh wow so not 20th anniversary with us because this generation of mayfair people started in 2009 But it's weird that it took that long to gear up because I remember sitting in this office and Lee sitting here and turning the computer monitor around to me and being like, this movie's getting a lot of cult status down in Los Angeles. I think we're going to screen it. And I thought, cool. And then I remember we screened it two or three months in a row. And after the third month, a friend and I still hadn't seen it. And I remember on the fourth month going, we got to go see it this month because I don't know if it'll be back. So then cut to now. Yeah. It's still here. And you still haven't seen it? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can't, you know, I watch a lot of bad movies. Like, literally every week I do a bad movie night. But, I mean, this is enjoyable. I think I could do a streamlined version of this movie that I could enjoy if I took out some scenes and sped up other scenes, you know? Yeah. I've seen it twice, once way back in the day and once for a friend's birthday party. And I appreciate all these people who have seen it with us a bonkers amount of times, like 50, 60 times. It's crazy. I won't watch any movie that much just because I'm always like, there's so many other movies I got to see. Yeah. And I almost get, there's a word, Gwen and I were talking about it recently, but there's a word way back from before any kind of movie, TV, pop culture, where it's a... Is it a phobia or it's a when you walked into a big library and realized morbidly that you were not going to get to read all these books and it made you depressed. (laughs) So, God, talk about nowadays where there's so much content being made, movies, books, comics, TV shows, all this stuff. 
So part of me is like, yeah, I think instead of watching The Room 50 times, but having said that, come back and see yeah, it 50 like, times. Like, you should come. <laughs> you all, should all come. All of you people, yes, whoever's yes. listening, but not us. There's still, yeah, and I have that same problem with like, I have, I have like hard drives full of, you know, random crap that I'll, I guess I'll never get to if I'm yeah. being realistic. <laughs> but, you know, even like 70s made for TV movies and stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, YouTube is a wealth of material. And then also, too, I'm like, should I feel bad that, you know, maybe I'm going to watch. Crowhaven Farm instead of I don't know Taxi Driver I don't know like or instead of reading some Dickens <laughs> yeah like well that's a whole other thing I'm like I haven't read a book in some time we'll say but a comic book perhaps but a real book a book book yeah it's not it's not my thing and then on Saturday the seventeenth we have Saturday Night Cinema oh yeah Lee was thinking about going back to just once a month and I said well just for this month let's try it again because we could have it on it works well yeah. we could have it on. Saturday the 17th, and then the next one is on October 1st or 2nd? I think I think it's 1st. Which is perfect, because it just creeps in and means we still get one in October. Yeah. Because traditionally, we never had them in October because October is so busy mm-hmm. with all this other stuff. So now we get to go, aha, we still got one in October, and then we'll be back in November. Yeah, and presumably October would be a horror movie unless he's trying to program, like, against the obvious. Yeah, so, maybe. You know, so basically just be like, oh, another horror movie in October, which I'm sure is how I'm not going to complain about. But I could understand. You're just like, there isn't space. You know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because I think, yeah, I think it'd be cool to show something horror-esque that we couldn't play normally and they're playing as a as a sort of fun tie-in to anybody around ottawa john fogarty is playing at folk fest a block away on the same night as cinema whoa so you go see basically go see ccr and then come and see cc cinema random movie yeah like (laughs) it could be good maybe it's about ccr we don't know it could be so then we have a couple of classics funny two different kinds of classics one continuing our charlie chaplin film fest we have city lights Mm. and then We've managed to book a couple of Elvis movies. Oh, right. Which I think this is the first time an Elvis movie has played here in a really long time. Yeah. Like, I can't remember this from my high school days. We've never played an old Elvis movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a good example of up until a few years back when everything went digital, it was just really hard getting 35 millimeter prints of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So now all this stuff's been digitally restored. A 50s movie like Jailhouse Rock is much easier to get a hold of. And looks better. And, oh, it looks amazing. And (laughs) it's like time travel. I get sentimental about this stuff. But to sit and watch Jailhouse Rock in a cinema that very likely played Jailhouse Rock back in 57 or 58, it's pretty cool. No, definitely. And that it's restored. So watching it on film has its nostalgic elements to it. But instead of watching it on film where it's scratchy and the sound cuts (laughs) out and you're missing segments... You're getting to watch his beautiful restoration. So, Chaplin and Elvis, two different kind of classics. Yeah, you know, similar legends in a way, and also not at all. Except Charlie Chaplin made masterpieces that he worked really hard on, and poor Elvis was forced to make some insane (laughs) amount of movies. Like, I forget the number, but... Is it like 30 in three or four years or something like that? Yeah, it was just cranked out and like they're just, and you know, some of them get by on charm, but you know, a lot of those are just kind of lost to time. (laughs) People talk about when a TV series has too many episodes and you're like, Elvis did 30 movies in three years. Like he never, the poor guy. And I know that he really wanted to be an actor and had opportunity to work in different projects, but his management that was forcing him to do all this other stuff was like, nope, you got to do these teen movies. Yeah. And I forget the movies, but he had the opportunity to do some real movies and work with real filmmakers. 
But they're like, nope, do another Jailhouse Rock type movie. Yeah, well, and plus he was doing a soundtrack for each of those movies too. Oh my god! So like, you're doing at least five, six original songs and whatever else, you know. And probably doing live performances in between, right? Yeah. Yeah, and interestingly, like, the only place that he played outside of the United States, well, he played Toronto, but I also had heard that he played Ottawa, so... Oh, pro yeah. That one could be wrong, but someone said that their mother was at a show in Ottawa, and I'm like, well, that's a very specific thing to remember, <laughs> so I'm going to trust you on this. Yeah. Interesting. And plus, it's better for us to be like, oh, yeah, you played Ottawa. Yeah, that happened. God, I gotta look that up now. I know a lot of people have played outdoor shows, or even... Barrymore's. I don't know if Barrymore's goes back to the 50s. Uh, that's a good question. Well, and this would have been like 70s, I think. Oh, maybe. Like 76-ish, maybe. Or was he still doing... What was the biggest venue in Ottawa back then? That was before we had a big, big yeah. hockey stadium. Barrymore's makes a sort of sense, because I know like a lot of big artists did play there, but... Yeah. At the yeah, because like time, Johnny Cash played there. Yeah. The Ramones, yeah, U2. Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's... Yeah, maybe. We'll look into that one for sure. Once We're not actually playing the Elvis movie this week, so we got plenty of time to track this down. Yeah, we're playing Jailhouse Rock, and then after that, playing Viva Las Vegas. All right, all right. We were hoping to play Elvis, but I'm not sure that might have missed us by because the way the world works with this kind of stuff sometimes. But okay, so it's not impossible, but not it's impossible. not 100%. And sometimes we, not to plug that it's on TV, but sometimes we get stuff when it's on TV yeah. and do very well with it. As example, we're bringing back two films for encore presentations the duke and marcel the shell with shoes on oh and i think these are both out there now but they did yeah. so well for us even though they're both available on either a streaming service or video on demand so uh -huh. we're gonna give them another run i've saw both these movies enjoyed them both very much and they're both ones you could bring mom to yeah <laughs> my next question was whether you watched them because that seemed like something that you would have seen I did. I like it when we bring back movies because then I could actually say, hey, I saw them because a lot of these movies I'm going to see, but this one I actually can vouch for of high quality entertainment. Yeah. Did you see Emily the Criminal? Did you end up getting to see it? Saw that as well. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that as well. You're I like... allowed to bash it if you want because we're not playing it. So Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I like anything with Aubrey Plaza, but this was good. It was a good crime movie and a good one of those, like, although not a true story, I think based upon real events. Mm -hmm. And every time I see a movie like that, I'm like... Oh, crime just seems so hard. Yeah. Crime seems so stressful. Yeah, it's like, especially like keeping track of lies. You know, that's yeah. the part I, I'm like, oh man, I've got, now I'm keeping, like if I was living a double life, I can't, if, living a single life is enough, right? I'm fascinated by those stories. And I think at least one of these stories is true of a guy who was a pilot and had a family in Seattle and yeah. Boston <laughs> and Tampa Bay and had them for decades. Yeah. One, I'm like, how did you afford that? Yeah, yeah. And two, just to keep that going. And the families didn't find out about each other till he died. That's that's a lot of work. I can't imagine. Like, there's no way I could do that. No. Did he have kids with <laughs> each kids. of those families? Yeah. Like, cause, so like, all these kids now, I believe, again, this was the 50s or 60s, <sighs> all found out they had brothers and sisters. And wow. the three wives, they can't really be angry at each other because it wasn't like they knew that cheating was going on. yeah. The inheritance must have been pretty small by the end of that. Probably. He's like, yeah, I got no money left. <laughs> God, yeah. So that's, uh, no, I could not. And it's not, I could never cheat because first of all, obviously it's wrong. But second yeah. of all, I'm like, oh, what? I'm now juggling a second life with lies and stuff. Like I can't, it's too much work. Another good segue. So speaking of juggling lies, <laughs> the last film we have this week is the Ottawa premiere of a film called Speak No Evil which is about a Danish family going to visit a Dutch family that they recently met. 
and it all seems picturesque and nice. All right. And then it all goes horribly wrong. Oh, no. They should have called it Juggling Lies. Juggling <laughs> Lies. Much better name. One review I found said it reminded them of Get Out, and it got some grade A reviews from places like IndieWire, and I think it's just one of those, yeah, I think Get Out in the sense of, oh, it starts fine, and we're going to visit some nice people, and then it gets to that cringe drama horror trying to be polite and then stuff goes horribly wrong yeah and often stuff stuff like that i find movies like this almost more scary because a movie with a dracula or a werewolf in it you know it's scary but you're like "Ah, i'm probably not going to meet a dracula yeah but this kind of movie where you're just going over to someone's house for dinner and then it goes horror (laughs) movie style and then something that that could happen that could happen the trailer is very cool and scary Looks like a lot of fun. Looks like the kind of movie that people point at to go, that's why I don't go to horror movies. But horror movie fans are like edge of their seat in the fun way of watching this family go through the ringer. Yeah, and it's it's not anything to do with the see no evil, hear no evil uh, Gene Wilder movie. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> like one's blind and one's deaf. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. You know, not a great movie, but still, you know, maybe that'll be my double bill when I see this new movie that you're yeah. talking about. Juggling Lies, I believe you said it was <laughs> Juggling called. Lies. Yeah, sounds good. So, yeah, so that's our movies for the week. We're going to wrap things up. Everything that we kind of mentioned either is on the website now or will be momentarily. There are people rabidly asking me when the room advance tickets are going on sale. Oh, boy. And they always go on sale Tuesday or Wednesday. And so it's Tuesday right now. So when I get home from this, that's when it'll happen. Okay. It's funny. People are like, there's no information online of when the tickets are going on sale. And then I will cut and paste over the sentence that says advanced ticket info on the room coming soon. Yeah. And say, it's coming soon. Yeah, I know. So everybody be cool. Just there's a lot of stuff coming because we got to do info for Rock Horror Picture Show, for cartoons, for all this live band stuff, plus our quote unquote normal movies like The Duke and Marcel. So... It's all coming. It'll be there in an appropriate, timely manner, and you'll be able to get your advance tickets at least a day or two before. But just stay tuned, because there's even some cool horror movie stuff that we don't quite know yet, but is coming, we think. Yeah, I did see that you announced Texas Chainsaw is coming, so yep. you get you know get pre-hyped for that. Like That's always a fun event here. Yeah, what's Halloween month so far? Texas Chainsaw, Poltergeist. Suspiria. Suspiria. Uh, Nosferatu. Yep. I said it weird, but you get it. Uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons unconfirmed might be halloween themed okay because the last one would have been or am i wrong on that because there was one that was like locked in two years ago or whatever there's a lost saturday morning cartoons (laughs) that we were gonna screen now okay but then the guy said i got a new program so we're gonna do that so we still have one sitting on the shelf that would have played late march 2020 so that will be the next one in a couple months or okay. whatever. So it still exists. It didn't like disappear. No, we have it. Okay, good. We have it. Standing by. Worst case, we can sneak in and watch it alone <laughs> with our own cereal and Just our own eating club. straight from the box. Yeah, it's not going to be weird. So yeah, so as I said, all that information of current and upcoming films can be found at mayfairtheater.ca. And we're on all the social media stuff. And we'll see you back here soon for more awesome movies at the Mayfair Theater. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. All early reviews for Cage Western are positive. Oh. Yeah, they haven't announced a premiere yet, but I can imagine it's going to be at the House of Cage. It'll be here, right? <laughs> yeah, we need it. Everybody in the hotel block was dancing to the jailhouse rock. Dancing to the jailhouse rock. 
Well, what's the verdict, kids? Another hit for Elvis? I'll say. Oh, yes. That's the title song of Elvis's newest picture, Jailhouse Rock. And he sings six different songs. Six? Gosh. And something else very special. Oh, what's that, Ted? Elvis acts in Jailhouse Rock. His first dramatic singing role. Plays sort of a, a blackboard jungle type of kid, you know? And he's terrific. Elvis sings, Elvis fights, Elvis dances, and Elvis falls in love. This picture, Jailhouse Rock's a terrific picture for teenagers, and is wonderful, too. I've seen it, and I enjoyed every minute. Don't miss Elvis Presley, Judy Tyler, and Mickey Shaughnessy in MGM's Jailhouse Rock in Cinemascope.